Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. We are live here in Northwest Arkansas. It is the future of supply chain. We are going to be ending the event. This is our last show of the event. But I'm joined here by Tony. We've got some very special guests coming here shortly. Um, but uh, first, Tony, initial thoughts of the event. Epic. I think that's the best word that comes to mind. Epic. Best word that comes to mind. Absolutely. Now, one thing that I'm excited for is more of a, a strategy change with, with freight waves is we're, we're in the process. Everybody thinks of, I think, Sonar as a, a, a big data platform, and it is. But recently, we're beginning to establish a lot more partnerships with folks so that we can push the data out to more, more people, more users, right? And uh, whether that's TMS systems or whatnot. So it's very exciting to do that. And that was a big announcement that happened today. Um, and I think a lot of our customers are going to enjoy that. Yeah, I think it sets up very well for moving forward as we grow and what Sonar has grown from and continues to be from. I mean, you look at the NTI and Container Atlas and it's the the moon's the limit. Absolutely. Now, we, we can't just talk about us. We have to bring in our very special guest here. So we've got joining us is Jordan Reaver, the executive vice president of ARL. Uh, Jordan. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Good afternoon. Absolutely. Jordan, is this your first Freightways event? It is my first one. Give us, give us your thoughts. No, I, I, you know, I think it's when you walk in, it feels different than things you've been to before. Um, I don't know, it's just colorful. There's a lot of energy. I love the, the setup of walking through. You're meeting, I'm a big networker. So for me, just put me amongst a bunch of people, you know, and I, I love the collaboration that's happened, the, where, what you guys are doing for the industry, the transparency of, of the data, and it's all good stuff. Excellent. Good stuff there. And, and of course, you've met in your networking great people like myself yes. and Tony. So well, you did trick me down here saying this was happy hour. Yes. <laughs> and here we are. Don't worry. Happy hour is right. At, we, we'll enjoy happy hour in a little bit. Okay. But um, so, Jordan, one thing about this show that we, we tend to talk about a lot is Tony and I talk a lot about where the state of the market is. And we've seen a lot of softening in the market. Yeah. You know, Tony, what are you keeping your eyes on to kind of gauge that softening? I mean, obviously, with the release of the NTI, seeing spot rates decline pretty rapidly, seeing volumes really kind of find some footing, but rejections continue to turn down. So, I mean, it seems pretty broad that the softening trends here, I mean, especially if you start looking in Southern California, you're seeing volumes decline pretty rapidly. I mean, we just look long haul volumes out of Ontario down about 10% in the past week. So, I mean, you're definitely seeing what has been moving out of those markets is definitely starting to not be there. And what we're seeing is just that trend kind of continuing. Jordan, you're the logistics guy. How are you guys at the ARL pivoting with this? Well, I mean, I look at this more as a market correction. You know, it was two years of craziness that we'd never seen before. Um, we were talking before, I mean, if you compare this year to last year, you know, obviously it's it's showing volumes are down, rejections are way down, but you compare this to 2019 and things are still booming. Yeah. You know, so I also think, you know, where we've seen because of, you know, contract rates usually go into, they're negotiated in November, December, when it was still turmoil, they go into play February, March. So I think a lot of that, probably higher contract rates the shippers have accepted. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of these rejections coming down. So what we're talking to our people a lot about is making sure talking to your customers, educating them about what's going on, making sure we're having the same conversation with the carriers because we have to pass these, these prices that are kept that are lower and we got to pass that on. But also, I think the story is still being told. So we'll see what happens over the summer. You know, let's get the Memorial Day, 100 days of summer, things could change. Oh. I'm looking over to the brains for a response. Oh, I mean, he's absolutely right. I mean, we are, we're still early stages of this, right? I mean, 
what we've seen, we saw 2019 or 2020 when COVID happened, we saw this big, almost a cycle, right? And within a quarter, you saw the boom, the bust with panic buying. Then we saw basically a depression-like levels of freight volumes, right? And then just this rapid acceleration on the volume side. And it's taken rates a while to catch up. But now you're seeing kind of those rejections slow. And obviously, higher contract rates do play into that. But I think you mentioned it, having those conversations with both the shipper and the carrier are vital during this time period. I mean, any time of volatility, it's a great time to establish those connections, right? And, and enhance them, right? Show that you are in it, both when things are crazy on the upside and the downside. No, spot on. Now, we're skipping over something very important here, and I, I need to draw attention. So it seems like the further along we go on this panel, the better dressed people get. So, Tony, I don't know what you have going on, uh, but Jordan, let, let, what's this jacket, man? Walk us through that. This is phenomenal. Our custom design by David Allen based in Pittsburgh. We got ARO Logistics on the inside here, and then our Day One Hustle brand as well. It all flows through red, white, and blue. It's like America. Uh, but now day one, also somewhere pushing out. This, this is our mantra. It's kind of what makes ARL, ARL. Um, it's something I've been living since I got into the business. And I think if you've been in this business a long time and you can keep that mentality, it's still day one. Yeah, I got a lot, lot to prove. Stay humble, work hard. Um, you'll get yourself you know, a lot of success. Now, Jordan, I want to ask you something. So as, as, as both you and Tony pointed out, right, we're, we're still in this massive, the, the, the last two years was a massive freight boom, unlike we, we've really seen. Um, and the, you guys are growing and you've hired a lot of folks. How, are th- how did they have to communicate, you know, over the last two years in an elevated market to your customers or even carriers yeah. versus now when the market is softening yeah. they haven't seen one before? Well, it's funny. I always tell people, like, it's, everyone's been booming. Everyone's been growing. So like, how many people were employed in the last two years in the logistics industry that have never seen a down market? Yeah, so to them, what we lived through, which we knew was chaos, like that was just normal to them. So I think it is. It's just promoting that communication. And I tell my guys, get off your emails, call people, talk to them. They send you a rate quote. Don't just email them back. Hey, here's the rate. I can do it tomorrow. Call them, give them a rate verbally, talk to them about what's going on in the market, bring us something. Hey, we send a lot of sonar information out, but who knows if they actually read it. You know, hey, like notice that the rates are going down because of this is happening in your markets. You know, I just want to pass that savings on to you. So you're aware things could change just, you know, in case we got to come back up again, but um, having those meaningful conversations to hear the feedback because some customers do live in a vacuum and they don't necessarily feel these things and it might be brand new to them. And sometimes you may be bringing them for the first time. And now we're the first ones that you know, bring our rates down. That's a little bit of trust and loyalty that we can build with our customers. Jordan, when you when you're when you're talking to folks and you're having them communicate with your customers about what's happening in the market, is there is there a data point that you like to reference in terms of hey, this is this is kind of the state of the market and this is why we're we're communicating this to you? Does that exist? Yeah, I mean it's it's always the, the changes you want to tie in. It's usually we go week over week. You know, anything else is too much, and anything month over month is, is too is too little. But when we show them, hey, this is what's happening in your market, your specific markets and the ones you care about, and whether it's the volumes going up and down or tender rejections going up and down and how that will impact their ability to get capacity or the rates that we're getting. You know, because obviously, as things were tightening, we we're telling people, like, we need more time. Like, you've got to give us more lead time so we can try to hold the prices for you. Um, whereas now we might be able to pick up some extra capacity that, that you know, gets thrown into their, their, their desk. So we're kind of re-educating them, too, to saying, hey, 
we might be able to help. I don't want to promise anything yet, but yeah. <laughs> like start bringing us into those challenges again. So speaking of like week over week change, Tony, you were looking at something, uh, I believe it was Atlanta, right? What yeah. was going on there week yeah. over week? I mean, it's long haul volumes out of Atlanta. I mean, you, if you think kind of how Atlanta works, right? East coast around consumption centers, long haul volumes aren't necessarily what drives that freight market. But I think what was interesting, we saw tender long haul tender volumes. So there's 800 plus mile moves decline 28% week over week. So, I mean, it's and how do we define long haul? So 800 plus miles. So anything over that uh, is in that long haul category. Then you've got that short haul that is kind of in the 100 to 250 mile range. I think what's more interesting is on the West Coast, right? Talked about Ontario. You saw long haul volumes down. And you think, okay, long haul volumes are kind of a rail competitor. So that intermodal move, you're seeing, we haven't seen intermodal volumes decline like we've seen on the truckload side. Well, the intermodal still charges surcharges too. I yes. Think. So right now, yeah. over the road is cheaper. Yeah, for sure. And, and faster. Yeah. And I think another impact of that is you're seeing short haul volumes pop up. Those 100 to 250 miles, right? So moving things out of into warehouses outside of just in Ontario, but in those surrounding areas, right? So I think that's what we're seeing a lot of is moving things into what would be like a secondary market or is warehousing space. I mean, you start looking at it's really tight and, yeah. and you hear about it, inventory levels, record highs. So having to come up with other options from what they've normally been doing. So no, you're spot on there. So a lot of, a lot of changes. Now we, we only have a little bit of time left before, before we, uh, before we part ways, by the way, for folks viewing uh, with sonar, uh, in case you're curious and you always watch the show, I do have my with sonar shirt on. It's right there. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. Anyways, um, Jordan, uh, if you had to pick at the, this event right here, right? What was your favorite? Did you have a favorite keynote speaker? Um, not, yeah, I hate to give credit to some and not others, but now I mean, I, I know I didn't all, give a speech, yeah, but otherwise, if you were up there, of course, yeah, but no, I think all in all, um, I love the people that are brought today, but I think it's just more diverse than maybe some of the other shows that you get to hear from different perspectives, you know, especially we're used to seeing a lot of things either you know, with all brokers, uh, this is a nice mix to get the, the perspectives. because That's what we need. Um, and that's to eventually promote the collaboration that's going to be needed in our industry over the next 10, 20 years. I and mean, we need all parties to come together. Spot on, Jordan. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Jordan, so much for joining us again. Jordan Reber, ARL Logistics. Thanks so much for joining us yeah, today. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Jordan. Have a good show. Thanks so much. Um, so don't go anywhere. We're going to have another guest join us shortly. Um, uh, and it's very exciting. I mean, it's it's true, right? A lot of volatility in the market. But I mean, I th the thing that I took away from that is communication is incredibly important. Yeah, especially in volatile periods. I mean, you have to be able to react and say what you're doing to help, right? I mean, that's the whole goal is to as in the brokerage space, you're helping both the shippers and the carriers, right? So you've got to be able to communicate what on both sides and play kind of the middle, but you've got to be transparent. I think that's the key. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so we're going to bring on Tom Curie here in just a minute. Um, before we do, I just wanted to give a special thank you to our, our Freight Waves TV stage is brought to you by Transcard and MasterCard, bringing together Freight X. So very excited uh, for that. Um, and uh, Tom is here. Tom Curie, uh, basically the chief awesome, awesome officer yeah, over at Kingsgate, that, right? We, we literally, I get a new title every six months because I get bored. So that's just what they do with me. It's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> we love it. That's fantastic. Uh, Tom, thanks so much. You guys... Uh, 
I know you guys have been coming to events for a while. We had the break in there with, with the COVID and yeah. then now we're back to it. Um, what are you, uh, what, what have you enjoyed about the event getting back in person? Yeah, I think for me, it's always about the networking. You know, I, I mean, just there are so many great people in this industry. When, when I first started, the first event that I ever went to in my life in this career was Matt's. Okay. If you've ever been to Matt's, you know what Matt's is like, you know, that experience. And I, and I shook a hand with a guy and he said, you're about to find how small the transportation world is. And it is honestly, it's true. I mean, you see some of the same people, the people that are literally trying to make a difference in this industry, make the supply chain better. And so it's really great to be able to see those people engage with them. You know, Jordan said it earlier, collaborate. I mean, that's, that's just the name of the game for us. So it's just great to be able to see people in person. Tony, I didn't ask you, did you have a favorite keynote speaker? I unfortunately didn't get to see any keynotes. I've been at the registration desk for the past two days. So I have got to see everybody's smiling face when they check in, but I haven't made it into a keynote, but I will be checking them out after. Go. Uh, so You act like you, this is like our event and we have to work it or something. I know, but I think Billy Bean probably would have been the one I would have been most excited for. I'm an econ guy, data analytics guy, like the data. So that was definitely something that intrigued me. I hate that I missed it, but definitely one I want to check out after. Tom, I'd be curious to get your opinion on that. So Billy Bean, right? You know, he's known for um, obviously really kind of getting data into the hands to make real decisions in, in in the world of baseball. Where where are we in that when it comes to, you know, the freight of the supply chain world? Yeah, I think we're, we're in an interesting place because we are finding people hungry for data. You know, I, I tell a lot of people five, six years ago, we were really having the conversation about big data. Um, it was almost every conference I was at, they were talking about big data, what's going to happen with big data, what could put, what could, what's going to change in our lives because of big data. Uh, we're at that point now, we are seeing changes from that, from that data consummation. So I, I think we're going to continue to see an environment where people are going to desire and engage more. And, and what's, what's great is the 3PL community has always been pretty strong in that space. What is shifting is we are now seeing the shipper community really come into that and the carrier, the carrier group is coming in as a result of that. And so I, I think we're, we're uniquely positioned where we're about to have an, an industry armed with data, not a segment armed with data. And I, I just, it's just going to change the level of conversation that we have across the entire supply chain. I agree. And, th- and that's what's really exciting is when we're all talking about the same reference point, right? Now we can have, now we can make productive change. Yeah. Now we can go somewhere. Um, Tony, as, as we think about data, right? Because, you know, you're, you're kind of more, you know, you, you're the economist, right? And, um, you know, Anthony Smith, if you're watching, you're the, you're, the, you're the chief economist. You know, we still like you. You know, don't get upset at us. But, um, Tony, you know, what are, as we look at this market downturn that we're in right now, what data points are you looking for to, to change directions or slow down that's kind of going to, you know, maybe, maybe signal a floor of some kind? Well, I think some of it comes from macro data points, right? I mean, the one that I've looked at a lot recently is that total outstanding revolving credit. So consumers putting things on credit cards, things like that. You look back at what happened 2019, where we were 2020, beginning of 2020. We're almost back to that same level. But if you look between then and now, there's this big dip. And we've talked about the consumer balance sheet, right? Being so strong and how that's impacted good spending, things like that. So that's one impact, right? We're back. And then you have the inflation impacts, right? Are consumers overextending themselves to buy necessities or are they still spending on, hey, I'm going to put this massive trip or this shift to services on a credit card, right? And then 
pay it off over time. Wow. So that's one of probably the big areas that I'm looking at is when do we kind of level out? We've been on this pre-pandemic, we were on this steady incline. And then we saw the impacts of stimulus, good spending, things like that, where consumers were able to clean up their balance sheet. Well, now they're starting to kind of reverse course back to what we were. But I think the concerning part is the pace at what it is. It's a lot faster than what it was prior. But if we can get back on that same kind of growth trajectory, I think that's going to be one of the keys that's like, all right, the consumer's kind of in this normal state as opposed to being fed money. Well, not fed money, but... (laughs) You can feed me money. I know. It'd be nice, right? But then kind of slowing down, the, the impacts start slowing down a little. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, again, you know, we, we're skipping over something important here. Um, Tom, uh, I think what, we, what we've missed at this event, most importantly, is we don't have a best beard voting competition yeah. yet. Okay. Yeah. We're, I, I, I think you know, we're looking at a contender right I, now. I feel like we're there. You know, I, I often get the, you know, I'm the most realistic LinkedIn photo. Uh, because it's pretty much spot on to who I am, you know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, the, the the thing is, is in the last three years, I feel like the beard game has stepped up. I mean, some people went into hiding for the last two years to grow a beard. You know what Changes I mean? Things. People, they took their first chance. They're like, I've never done this before. And I'm like, you can do it. I believe in you. Yeah. Um, we're going to we're gonna start like a bearded brigade in the logistics community somewhere. It's going to be amazing. We need it. I'm the odd one out here. I mean, you know, you're, you're working near us a little bit, Tony. <laughs> It's not too bad. It's not that. It's not that good. But <laughs> maybe one day, or I mean, heck, Dooner. I mean, Do- Dooner's, Dooner's is, strong as Dooner's well. There. Yeah, yeah, Dooner's, Dooner's there. Yeah, Dooner's there. Yeah, he's got it. He's figured it out. Yeah. You, you you might need to have like the bearded brothers, you know, afraid, you know, podcast <laughs> <Right>. with Dooner. <laughs> exactly. I think it makes sense. I mean, we'll make our own beard balm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll throw a logo on that. It'll be great. Someone It'll will buy great. it, right? Yeah. We need something. We can't have a cowbell. What what, what goes with the beard? A brush. A brush. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. Now, now you're you're literally going down a rabbit hole, and I have no clue how you're going to get out of this one right now. <laughs> it's okay. I'm 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 the king of it. You know, I'll just <laughs> I'll just pivot and change directions. You know, you know, a, a great transition of this would actually be a good time to talk about. In November, we've got the uh, F three, the Future of Freight Festival. So you should totally come to that. That's our next live event. Okay. Now that we're back on track, uh, after you know, a quick little promotional plug. Um, I'm excited. You know, so you know. As we look at some of the events here that have happened, you know, there, there's been a lot more, a lot of shippers that have talked about, um, you know, things that have happened to supply chain. We heard heard PetSmart talk, or some of us heard PetSmart talk. You didn't hear keynotes, but for the rest of us um, who were not busy working, um, you know, it, that's I, I think companies like that, especially as you talk about the volatility of the supply chain, are going to really need that increased volatility. And I think. You know, you, you hate to say like, you know, oh, COVID, you know, it was bad, but like there was, there's some good things that have come out of it. Some yeah. really good things. And I think, like you said earlier, right, a lot of people in the industry are going to push to have a lot more data and visibility. And I think as a lot of these companies see that, you know, volatility in their own network, you know, we're seeing it. And it's happening on a global scale too. It is. And so one of the things that's changed for us, you know, back in the day, we would work really hard to get in front of our clients to do a quarterly business review. And so one of the things that we like to do, we'd be able to educate them on the market, what's happening there. In the past, they were like, hey, everything's good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Well, now they're interested. Like they want to understand more. I mean, again, supply chain has become sexy. Everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to know what it means. Everyone wants to know what it does. And so, you know, I, friends are asking me, hey, why, why don't I have this yet? I'm like, I don't even move that. Like, what? <laughs> I, I'm not in charge of that. You know that, right? I don't run the, the world's economy here. Uh, but, but in the shipper community, 
that engagement has increased for us, which is beautiful. We want to have those conversations. We want to engage. We want to educate more of the supply chain to what's really happening and how it's it's impacting them downstream. So again, tons of opportunity to continue to lean into it and people are really becoming open to it. I think you could run the world's economy. I'm, I'll be okay. We we'll throw, we'll throw a boat in, you know? Exactly. You know? I'll take it. Well, when you're not busy with, you know, the, the bearded bros afraid, we'll, we'll, we'll go to world's economy. I'm with you. I'm with you. But you bring up a good point, though, because think about, like, you know, I, I, I didn't start off my career in freight. And then when you get into the freight market, like, you don't realize how big it is. I mean, it is a yeah. massive world of so much that happens behind the scenes. And a lot of it's halted together by, du- by duct tape. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> So, and, and, you know, Jordan talked about it earlier. There's so many new folks who have entered the freight market in the last two years, and they haven't seen some of these, some of these changes in the market. They, they only know what's happened in the yeah. last two years. Well, I try to tell people, you know, even, even my experienced team, I mean, the, most of our, our average tenure is like 15 plus years at our company. And so because they've seen so many cycles, they think they know what's happening. I'm like, guys, there's 18,000 lane combinations you don't know what's happening in every lane. Like I, I have to break that to them. And that's where data is arming them now, whether you've been in the industry for 15, 20, 30 years, or whether you've been in the seat for two years, if you can learn how to read and leverage the data, you can become a pro very, very quickly if you know what you're doing with that. Yeah, uh, I think you make a great point. I mean, it's it's we've had data, right? Everybody's had it. It's over the past few years, people have learned how to use the data yeah. to have these conversations to keep, business to both keep shippers happy and carriers happy, right? I mean, yeah. they, they're all faced with the same challenges, right? Just at different times, right? Shippers have been dealt with the challenges of super high rates in the past two years. Well, carriers are reaping the benefits. Well, now you see some softening and you look back at 2019, carriers were facing the challenges and shippers were reaping the rewards. And that's where having the data to have those conversations really makes it it doesn't matter necessarily if you know how the data works and what it means. You can have a conversation and have some conviction behind like what you're saying. I'll ask the same question that I asked to Jordan to you, Tom. So, you know, when you're when you're communicating to your customers, do you have or or do you equip your people with certain certain data points of like, hey, you know, this is what you need to at least kind of keep your customers informed with, with the state of the market? Yeah, so we lean pretty heavily on um, outbound rejections um, and volume. Uh, so those, those are the two key points that we talk to every client. Uh, now, a lot of our customers right now, they want to talk about fuel. So we talk about fuel. You know what I mean? You, you kind of have to. Um, luckily, most of them, we've been able to build fuel surcharge programs where they can, they can ride that wave as they need to. And then they will reap the benefit of reduced rates here in, this, in the near future, we believe. Um, but, but we really position ourselves to, to highlight their specific markets and we'll deliver that to them. Some, some of them it's biweekly, some of it is monthly. And what's best to do is position it right before, you know, they're going to have to meet with their executive leadership team and say, Hey, look, this is what's going on. And they can go in, they go in armed because we're able to kind of give them that consultative touch and, and really let them know what's happening in the marketplace. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, we're getting really close to the end of the show here. So uh, Tom Curie, uh, Kingsgate Logistics, Chief Awesome Officer. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you at the next good, event. All right? Good being with you. Nice thank to see you, guys. Just dropping some knowledge right there. Awesome stuff. I mean, love, love it.
Two guests. That's a lot for us. Two guests. That's a big deal here with Sonar. Two guests. That's what you get. By the way, if you see a lot of uh, liquids dropping off my forehead, the lights are very hot. So don't hold it against us. So I'm not nervous. All right. I promise. But um, yeah, we got two guests and, and some some very good guests. They're familiar with the data. They know what's going on in the market. But I love what Tom said here. And I think that's the attitude we all need to have of like, you know, tribal knowledge. You know, you've got years of experience, incredibly powerful, invaluable, right? But you know, he, he said he made a good point, right? You don't know what's happening everywhere. And that's where date. Imagine if you put data in front of somebody who has 15 years of tribal knowledge experience that they're going to go to a, they're going to go to another level. Yep. And that's what's exciting. I mean, you put data in front of me. I, I, I don't know my left and my right, but for most people, it's helpful. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes not necessarily life easier, but it, it again, it gives you that conviction to have these conversations. And when you get pressed on questions, it gives you a why, right? Yeah. Everybody. That's the key. The, the why. why. The why. Yeah. Anyways, folks, we're getting close here towards the end of Wistoner. It's been an absolute pleasure. Folks, we are live here in Northwest Arkansas, future of supply chain. Uh, if you were here to visit us, fantastic. So glad you're able to join it. If not, there'll be another in-person event in Chattanooga in November, F3. So hopefully we'll see you there. Have a fantastic rest of your days. And thank you, everybody who joined us at the event. It was a pleasure. Thank you, yeah. Tony. Thanks, Luke.